What's up, Redeemed Church family? Eddie Johnson here. Hope you all are doing great. Man, kids are back in school. The weather's starting to shift. The sun is staying out. It's going back a little bit earlier, right? Fall vibes for real, I'm starting to feel. And as we uh, step into this new fall season, uh, we've launched into a new series and we're actually doing it as uh, life groups, as a whole church. We're going through this book called Rooted. You should be a part of a life group. Life group. You should get a book. You can pick one up this weekend uh, at our weekend services. But our entire church and every life group is going through this book, Rooted. It was started in Africa, and it's all about the fundamentals. It's all about connecting with God, connecting with your purpose, connecting with the purpose for the church and other people. And we're doing this because we've got to be grounded and have a proper foundation. Uh, we live in one of the least church communities uh, in the world, and God wants to position Redeemed Church. Uh, to be a light in dark places, but we've got to know uh, who we are and where we're going, uh, where we've come from and all those things. And so that's what Rudy is going to do. So uh, what we're going to do for the next several weeks is our messages are going to just line up with what we're talking about in Rooted. And the first week that we're talking about is who is God? Probably the most fundamental question everyone in this world is asking, who is God? And because that question is, is so deep, right? It's so loaded. It's not just who is God, but it's why does that matter? Is how does that matter to me? How does it affect me? What's his nature, character like? Is he even a he, right? There are so many things wrapped up into that question. And so today, uh, if you are a long-term believer, if you've been doing this for a few years, this is going to be a lot of review for you. And if you're a brand new believer, this is going to be something that is going to be great, just foundation, basic principles that as the church, pretty much we all believe. So here's what I want to say to both. If you're a long-term believer or if you're a brand new Christian, here's what I want to say is number one, if you have been a believer for a long time, this is important stuff because every often, every so often we need to remind ourselves why we believe what got us started. We need to remember our first love. We need to be reminded of the basics. Matter of fact, Paul says, I believe it's in Philippians chapter three. He says, it's no problem for me to review these things with you. It's no problem for me to bring up the same old stuff with you because it's a safeguard for you. That's what Paul says. And for you new believer, this is the things that you need to know that you can be like, wow, that's what I believe in. That's why I believe and that's why I'm moving forward. So we're talking about some basics. We're talking about who is God. So let's dive into just some basic things, some basic foundation principles that we believe as, as, as the church. When I say the church, I don't just mean redeem. This is stuff that we believe is the church, capital C, across the board. And we're not getting into the, the fringe parts. We're going to be talking about kind of what's in the center, not what's on the edges. The stuff that pretty much everyone believes we hold on to and we trust to know that this is who our God is. This is the God we love, the God we serve, the God that has redeemed us. The first thing is, we'll just talk about some of the character traits of God. The first thing I want to point out is we serve a God that's infinite. Psalms 147 verse 5 says, great is the Lord and abundant power. His understanding is beyond measure. He's an infinite God. He's limitless. The next thing I want to point out is this, is God is eternal. He's not bound by time. Revelation 22, 13. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Man, the God we serve is infinite boundless, limitless. He is eternal. He, he has no beginning and he has no end and he is the beginning and the end of all things. That's what we believe about our God. Not only is that, is our God is spiritual. You read in John chapter four, when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, 
He says uh, the true worshipers worship in spirit and truth. Why? Because God is a spirit. I, I, whenever I teach some basic theology points, whether it's to a young person, whether it's to uh, adults, college-age students, one of the things I always like to say, sorry, if you got kids in the room, I apologize if this seems a little, uh, a little bit extra, but it's really not, okay? But I'm going to say it, but I just want to give you the heads up and give you the warning. I always tell people this. I say, God does not have genitalia. God is no mere man. He's no mere person. He is a spirit. He is the ever-living, everlasting, limitless, enduring, eternal God. The beginning and the end. He is a spirit. We call him God the Father. We use the, that term he or father, not because he's a man like I'm a man or like Kurt or Marty, not that he's a woman like Liz or someone else, but because he has said, here is how I want you to identify with me as. Here's how I want you to understand who I am. I am God the Father. I am the beginning, the end, the creator, the one who's put this all together and the one who loves you. That's not it. You look at scripture, we see tons of other character traits of who God is. He's omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at all times. Psalms 139, read it. It's one of the best chunks of scripture, but when you, you take out the chunk in verses 7 and 10, the psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where shall I be free from your presence? I can ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there you shall lead me and your right hand shall hold on to me. We serve a God that is not limited by time and space. He's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, meaning he's all powerful. Ephesians chapter one, what, he, what is the immeasurable greatness of the power that works towards us? There's this power that's working in us. Paul said that it's immeasurable and it's great. It's the same power that rose Christ from the grave. He's omniscient, he knows all things. Hebrews chapter four tells us, and no creature is hidden from his sight. All are naked and exposed to his eyes. Man, and every single one of us will have to give an account. Man, the Bible is very clear that our God we serve is not limited by time and space because he created time and space. He created you and I. He created this earth. He loves his people. He loves his creation. He thinks it's beautiful. Matter of fact, when you read the story in Genesis, when God created, at, when he was done on the sixth day, before he rested on the seventh, he said, it's very good. He said, it's exact. This is what I want. This is what I've been longing for. Yes, this is it. That's what God has done. That's what God, that's his character is he created us. He created this world. And when he did, he said, it's very good. And then he rested. Our God is perfect. We talked about this recently. When we went through the Beatitudes in Matthew, the Bible says, be perfect as I am perfect. I shared this with you guys the last time I was up here. I said, that doesn't mean that perfect in the sense of never make a mistake ever, but our God who is perfect, who's never sinned, who's never flailed, who's, ne who's not flawed, he's without flaw. He is fully mature, fully God. He is all God, always has been, always will be. And he's invited us to mature, to being with him, to being like him. Our God is perfect. He's without flaw. We know that's the God we serve. And we also know that the God we serve, remember, we're asking the question in Rooted, who is God? We know the God we serve has also revealed himself to us in three distinct, I'll just say, persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. 
Now, this idea of the Trinity, which is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is never uh, blatantly expressed in Scripture. You'll never find the word in Scripture, but it's littered all throughout it. You constantly see this interplay between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's not God divided up into three ways. It's not three distinct different gods. This is where faith comes in because it breaks your brain when you think about it. God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's how he's revealed himself to us. That is who he is. That's what he wants us to know. God is a triune God. We see it even in the beginning of John chapter 1 when God himself, through the words of of the the, uh, gospel writer John, he tells the story behind the scenes. I love this. It's the behind the scenes story of the beginning. In the beginning, there was the word and the word was Uh, Excuse me. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. This is talking about Jesus without him. Not nothing was made that has been made. That's John chapter one. And we skip down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of grace and truth. John bore witness and and, uh, bore witness about him and cried out. This is he whom I have said will come after me, but ranks before me because he was before me. For from the fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus. No one has ever seen the God, has seen God, except the one who is at the Father's side who has made him known. Jesus is God incarnate here on earth, our savior, our redeemer, our friend, our Lord. He was 100% God as if he was not man and 100% man as if he was not God. Jesus came to this earth in frail human form to show the world who God is, what God is like. He became like us to save us, to redeem us, to snatch us from the fiery grave. But he did it, making himself a mortal. Philippians chapter 2 has one of the greatest dialogues ever, one of the greatest monologues, I really should say, ever. Christ made himself with no reputation, took on the, the identity of a slave, of a servant, of a lowly man, rejected the riches of heaven to come down to earth and to be with us. When you look at the life of Jesus, you see every single step of the way. He shows his godhood, but he also shows his his human side. He shows us that he's fully God in the fact that he's worshiped. He's sinless. He forgives sins. He rises from the grave. He shows us that he's a man, that he's tired. He gets tired. He gets hungry. He got sad. He cried. He was grieved. He was saddened. Jesus, the God-man. Jesus, God in Abad, Jesus, the incarnate word of God on earth to save us, the second member of the Trinity. We know also he was God because when you read throughout scriptures, everyone points to him and testifies him from John the Baptist to his disciples, to even the Roman guard who crucified him on the cross to 500 witnesses after he rose. Everything in the word points to Jesus being no mere man, but being the full son of God. And then we continue to read scripture. We want to understand who God is. 
God the Father, God the Son, and the third member of God the Holy Spirit. We see Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. Matter of fact, we don't just see Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. We see the three, the interplay of all three, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all throughout Scripture. It starts all the way in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, and the God spoke before the world began. It says the world was a void, shapeless mass, and the Spirit of God hovered over the void or the deep. And then Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he creates you and me, or specifically Adam and Eve, but he creates humanity. And the Lord speaks and he says, let us make man in our image. Picture of the Trinity. It's everywhere throughout scripture. You see at the beginning of Jesus' life in ministry, Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist. And in that moment, when he comes out of the water, you hear a voice, God the Father, saying, this is my son who I love him, I'm well pleased. And you see a dove descend down on Jesus. And the Holy Spirit descending down on Jesus in the form of a dove. You see God the Son, God the Father, and God Holy Spirit. You see it again at the end of Jesus' ministry, when he's talking to his disciples, and he tells them to go into all the world in Matthew 28. He says, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul testifies it numerous times, but in Jude chapter 1, he says these words, But you, beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the love of God and waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which leads to eternal life. This idea of God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit. These ideas, these characteristics of God. Can I, can I, can I, can I, let's pause for one second, church. And I'm giving you a lot of information. I'm hitting you with a fire hose. I'm hitting you with, with a double barrel action right now because there is no way I can scratch the surface on who God is. But I want to paint a big, broad picture of the, the basics that we believe as the church because I want to remind you. I want to inspire you. I want to encourage you. I want to compel you. I want something to rise up in you to be reminded the God that we love has orchestrated and put all this together for us. He's revealed himself to us, the fullness of he is to us, not just to you individually, but to us as a community of believers throughout the centuries. The Lord has called us to be his family, his children, to be one, to love each other, and to love him. And he's shown us that God the Father, the creator, God the Son, the rescuer, the redeemer, God, the Holy Spirit, the one who constantly points to Christ. He's sitting there. The, the Bible tells us in John that the Holy Spirit's job is to point everything to Jesus Christ. He will convict him in regards to sin, righteousness, and judgment. And when it says in the end, sin, righteousness, and judgment, he says, because men don't believe. The Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. God has revealed himself to us. So what's the point of all this review? So what's the point of painting this picture of this giant story of who God is? The simple point of all this is this. We're going through this Rooted series because, church, can I tell you this? This is the point of everything we've talked about. If we are going to be mature believers, we need to be rooted so we can grow and rooted so we can grow, excuse me, rooted so we can grow and rooted so we can go. We need to be rooted. I'm going to say that again. If we're going to be mature believers, we need to be rooted. We need to know what we believe. We need to know why we believe. We need to be rooted so we can grow 
and rooted so we can go. In a second, I'll explain, but let me read Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to break it up a little bit, but I'll start here. Verse 1, therefore, I therefore, this is the Apostle Paul, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. With, walk in a manner worthy of your call to which you've been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with each other in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. You're going to see the, the Trinity here again in Paul's words. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope, that be, uh, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God the Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Do you see the Trinity there? One Spirit, one Lord, one God. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Skipping down to verse 11. And he gave some to be apostles, prophets. He gave some to the church, mind you to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature into manhood, to be fully matured and grown, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind and doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and by deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way in him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint which is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I had... Uh, uh, a mentor years ago that used to say, Eddie, you bloom where you're planted. You bloom where you're planted. In other words, I'm here in Washington. So if Eddie's a potted plant of life, I'm planted here in Washington. So I can only bloom in Washington. Church, can I tell you something? We are rooted in Christ, but we are planted here at Redeem Church. So the only place you can bloom is at Redeem. It's not saying any other church is better or worse. It's just saying God has you here for such a time as this. Some of you are planted at your job. You're rooted in Christ, but you're planted at your job because the Lord wants you to bloom there. The Lord wants to have you grow there. He wants you to do something there. Some of you are, bloom, are planted at your school. You're planted in the community you live in. You're rooted in Christ. You're rooted in God. You're rooted in Holy Spirit, but you are planted where you are because the Lord wants you to bloom there. We are rooted and we are planted because God wants us to grow. Also, we're rooted and we're planted where we are because God wants us to go. The all you can do, only thing you can do is reach within your reach. That's it. You can't reach. I, 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 I had a conversation with someone uh, recently, won't say any names, and they mentioned, they said, well, how am I supposed to reach people over there? Uh, th that means I have to uh, stop doing what I'm doing, get out of my comfort zone and go do that. And I said, yeah, that's exactly what that means. <laughs> the Lord's put us here, right here, right now. He's put you where you are. He's put you rooted and established in him, planted in your community, planted in your job, planted in your church, planted in your world, because you are supposed to go and stretch and reach 
Do the amazing, do the impossible, speak the truth in love, give hope, restore life, pray for the sick, pray for those who are dying and in pain, pray for those who don't know God, who are far from God. That's what we're supposed to do. So while we're going through the basics during this season as a church, you guys, is simply this. We are rooted so we can grow. We are rooted so we can go. The Lord's plan for us is to start where we're at and to move out from there. That's why we got to do this now, church. That's why we have to understand who God is. God has given us. God, I should say this. God, his entire story and his plan is a giant rescue mission. It's one giant cosmic rescue mission where he said, I'm on a collision course with humanity to make sure they know I love them, to make sure they know that I've got a plan for them, to make sure they know I, I, want, I want their lives to be so good, very good, like it was in Genesis chapter one. And then as mature believers, as we grow, he says, hey, I want you to be a part of the rescue mission. I want you to go, go into all the world, preach the gospel. So church, we're rooted. We're rooted right here, right now. Are you going to take the Pepsi challenge, huh? Are you going to do this right now? I, I implore you. I challenge you. I encourage you. Man, man, I will tell you right now, I ain't too proud to beg. Get rooted. Join a life group. If you can't join a life group in the season, find something to be in a rhythm where you're growing in your faith, not on a solo mission, but with others. Man, I was just talking to a friend the other day, and he says, remember, Jesus sent people out two by two. Don't go alone. Don't do it by yourself. Find some way to incorporate rhythms of growth, not just with yourself, not just with your family, but with other people. And then go, go. Start in your backyard, start in your workplace, start in your neighborhood. If you don't know how to start, just pray. Like, Lord, give me opportunities to show the, share the love and the hope of this amazing rescue mission to other people. Give me the opportunity to share the love and peace and joy of God so that people who have no idea what it's like. And then lastly, I'll say this. If you're here and you're new to this whole church, Jesus, God thing, and you're like, dang, Eddie, I don't know what this all means. Here's what I want to tell you. I'll say it again for you. If you don't know who God is, he knows who you are. He loves you. He set all this up just for you. He's on a giant rescue mission, a giant cosmic rescue mission, because he wants relationship with you. He knows your sins. He knows your baggage. He knows your hangups. He knows your hangups and he knows your holdups, right? And he's a God who says, I want to save you. I want to rescue you. I want to pull you up. I want to hug you. I want to embrace you. I want to wash you clean. I want to lift you up and establish you. I want you to be drawn close to me and I want to draw close to you. Man, I don't know anyone in my life who wants, who loves me that way. Not a single one. I've got a beautiful wife and amazing daughter, but they don't even love me the way God loves me. I don't love them the way God loves them. I love our church, Redeemed Church. I, uh, like, like a few of you, we have been here since the beginning. We've gone through all the ups and downs, but nobody loves Redeemed Church like God the Father, like the Son, like the Holy Spirit loves Redeemed Church. Nobody loves you how God loves you. I remember when I was 15 years old, I heard the story of Jesus Christ, how he lived, how he served, how he died, how he rose again, how he ascended to heaven. He did it all because he loved us. And I asked myself a simple question. If all this is true about who God is, about who Jesus is, about who Holy Spirit is, why wouldn't I serve God for the rest of my life? And I couldn't come up with a good answer as a 15-year-old. 
And now as a soon to be 40 year old, I still can't come up with a good answer. There is no reason but to say, God, I love you and I give my life to you. So if you're listening to this and you've been wrestling with God, if you're listening to this and you have felt something in your life is wrong and upside down and unsettled, come to the Father, come to the Son, come to Holy Spirit. He wants to draw you in and love you and wash you brand new clean like never before. Can I pray for us, Father? Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you that you are on a giant cosmic rescue mission. Thank you that you want us to be rooted and established in you. Thank you, Father, that you want us to be rooted in you so we can grow and we can go and show this world the love of a father, the love that knows no bounds, this love that is limitless, this love that is eternal, this love that is perfect, this love that is all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-awesome. And Father, I pray for those who don't know you, that you would draw them close. You would draw them in, pull them in under your arm, and show them your love, show them what hope is like, and use us as believers to be your light in dark places, to be your arms extended into our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, one last time, rooted in Christ, we're planted where we are, and the Lord wants us to grow and go. And remember, I love you, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. We'll see you at church next time. If you're coming to weekend services, can't wait to be in person with you and give you a high five. God bless. We'll talk to you later.